Welcome to The Best of Us, an education podcast that highlights the concepts, practices, and stories of K-12 professional learning leaders working to enhance the educator experience and bring an excellent education to all students. To get the best of our students, we need the best of our educators. And in each episode, we'll bring you the professional learning leaders who are doing just that to enable your work. The Best of Us is brought to you by KickUp, your partner for ensuring that the investments you make to increase educator capacity find their way into the classroom. Hi, I'm Jeremy Rogoff, co-founder and CEO of KickUp and host of the Best of Us podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Tanya Dixon from Cypress Fairbanks ISD in Texas to chat about a topic on the minds of many district leaders today, growing and retaining our new teachers. We talked about her research, which focuses on the impact of new teacher supports on teacher retention. And we also got quite granular, covering topics like what should be considered when pairing mentors and mentees? What are the habits of great mentors? What are the supports that new teachers value most? And what are some leading indicators that suggest whether your mentoring program is working? I've known Tanya for several years, and what I admire about her is how her classroom experience directly informs how she has led the new teacher induction program at SciFair. Tanya is a professional learning specialist at Cypress Fairbanks ISD and oversees the district's new teacher induction program, one of the largest in the country. She's held various leadership positions at SciFair over the past 14 years, and prior to that, she was a teacher in the district for 10 years. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Tanya Dixon, welcome to The Best of Us. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Tanya, I am so excited to have you on the podcast because your work focuses so much on an issue that is close to the work that we do, but also I think is so important to professional learning leaders in the context of educator retention, educator morale, and that's specifically around new teachers and their experience on the job in the first few years because we know that's such a huge leverage point for not only effectiveness for our students, but also retention of our teachers. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive in today. I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you so much, Jeremy. So I want to start with a topic that you're exploring uh, through the lens of your, your own research and your own pursuit of your PhD, which is the perception of new teacher support and its impact on educator self-efficacy. Can you tell me a little bit more about, A, why did you decide to pursue this study? Why is it important to you? And what are you learning from it? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is my topic. I am uh, conducting a case study on our own induction program, exploring the perceptions of new teacher supports. And so this study is definitely very true and dear to me because of my passion for new teachers and improving their teachers' efficacy. Flashback to the beginning of my career many moons ago, <laughs> there was not really a comprehensive induction program in place, so to speak, in the district. It wasn't formal. It was more informal. And so as I entered the profession, I solely relied just on my abilities and of my amazing support from my teammates. And so I was an ASCP, ACP, excuse me, candidate, and I didn't really have the formal training until I actually started that first year. And Tanya, uh, just for our audience, ACP, 
What does that stand for? Alternative Certification Program. Great. Yes. And so, in fact, my first year of teaching was considered my student teaching experience. Mm -hmm. So talk about baptism by fire, you know. (laughs) And so fast forward then to my fourth year of teaching, the district established new teacher induction program or NTIP as we affectionately call it. And so as a classroom teacher, I stepped, you know, into various roles and um, I became a lead mentor on my campus. And it was through that experience that my need grew to support novice teachers significantly. And so when I made my decision to pursue my doctoral degree, I was interested in either leadership or new teacher induction. And so needless to say, I, I followed my heart and my passion and I moved forward with new teacher induction. And gratefully, in my current role as the professional learning specialist, one of my essential functions is to coordinate our induction program. And so it's a win-win for me. I'm able to support new teachers while having an opportunity to improve our program. And so with all that being said, I have learned that teacher retention is an ongoing issue, not just within our district, but nationally. I've also learned that having a comprehensive induction program in place is essential to the success of our brand new baby teachers in several ways. They have an opportunity to feel like they are a part of a community. They have access to supports, and then it also improves their self-efficacy. They have higher self-efficacy. That's great. And a few areas I wanted to double click on. So it sounds like just the presence of a comprehensive induction program makes a difference when it comes to teacher retention. Can you talk more about when you say self-efficacy, what do you mean by self-efficacy and what are some of the ways in which an induction program can build that for teachers? Okay. So when I speak about self-efficacy, it's basically just their, their abilities, their abilities to be a successful educator, their ability to improve within their instructional practices, not to mention it builds their confidence when they feel like they can do something well, they're more prone to stay with it and long term, um, which improves the the retention of our teachers. Um, If they feel like they're doing their jobs to the highest standard possible, then of course they're going to want to stay in it and uh, continue to challenge themselves and improve their craft even more so. So that is how we can retain those teachers because they are satisfied with their job. They want to be here. They feel like they have a significant part within a a community. And so that helps to build up that efficacy. There are different resources that can help with that. You have your, what you call a social capital. You have tangible items as well as intangible. And so with those resources comes trust is built between a new teacher and their mentor. They have access to some of those tangible items, such as their curriculum guides, you know, resources at their campuses. It also builds collaboration. Um, It helps them to also reflect, to start building up that skill set of self-reflecting, because you know, with self-reflection, that helps us to grow. And so they're able to have those conversations with their mentor or whomever. And just 
it, it, it helps them to know that they're not alone. Like this is normal. <laughs> we've all been there. We've all, we've all continue to go through it. And so that's a little piece of, of what I mean by self-efficacy, just, mm-hmm. just making them better at what they do. Yeah. As in, when I was an early career teacher, if I had a, a mentor in the classroom that really just helped me understand, like you said, that I wasn't alone, I think it would have had a huge impact on on my uh, self-perception and also my actual efficacy as an educator. And Absolutely. that relationship between the mentor and the teacher, it seems like that is essential. That's, that is maybe what makes the difference between an effective um, new teacher experience versus a less effective one. And I know that you probably spend a lot of time thinking about what makes an effective match between a mentor and a mentee. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned in that, that area? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And just like you, I didn't really have a mentor, so to speak, a formalized mentor when I first entered. And so I could definitely say that with the help of my team who became kind of like my informal mentors, it was just good to have that opportunity to bounce off ideas or just to talk about anything that I may have been having an issue with or wanted to get better at and just getting um, more experienced teacher's perspective really, really helped me a lot. But when talking about intip, for our mentor and mentee pairings, this process happens at the campus. The lead mentor collaborates with the principal to complete those pairings, but our department does recommend a few pieces that I think will help when making those pairings, and that is making sure that the mentor and the mentee is in close proximity, like (laughs) within the campus, Uh, make sure that they're close together, you know, just so that it helps with their planning process. It helps with just being able to talk to someone or listen to someone, depending on what the issue is. Also saying having them within the same grade level has been found to be beneficial because again, those conversations can happen about content, about planning, about um, information that they're both familiar with, and that mentor can really, really help and support the mentee in that content area. And then finally, same grade level. That's a, that's a good thing as well. Having the same grade level speaks volumes because you're with that group of people every day, all day. And so those are just three nuggets, I guess I would say that I would highly recommend if I were speaking to a lead mentor wanting to make those pairings. So you have lead mentors that um, that are responsible at the building level for working with principals to identify those matches. And it sounds yes. like, okay. And they essentially think of a few different criteria for matching. So it sounds like physical proximity, just being close to the teacher um, in the building, ideally, and then content level and grade level and having more of those areas of of commonality be present for an effective mentor-mentee relationship. Is that right? Yeah, that's what we have found to work, you know, just in conversations with lead mentors, because like I said, I'm not a part of that process, so to speak, because that happens at the at the actual campus. But I do speak a lot with the lead mentor and just, you know, just in conversation, just gathering feedback, what's working, what's not. And so we found that those are, like I said, the three nuggets that really have been effective. I think what's so great about your research and about your career is that 
everything is done through a lens of self-reflection and self-examination. You know, you, you experienced this as a teacher, then you grew into this role to ultimately run the induction program. And now you're studying it itself um, as a part of your PhD research to improve yeah. it, but also to give back to the field. I think it's a really awesome kind of case study in self-reflection of, of what an improved mentorship and induction program could look like. So just, just a, a, a meta comment there. Um, yeah, it truly so, is my passion. It really yeah, is. And that, that comes across very clearly. So I want to maybe take a step back and look at your new teacher induction program, how it's evolved over the years since you've started, where you were, where you are now, and where you want to go. So maybe walk us through, you know, how did this induction program start? And then how has it evolved over the years? And then maybe we can talk about the future. Okay, that's a great question as well. Well, since its inception about 20 years ago, I believe, INTIP has always supported our new teachers, which we consider new teachers um, with zero years of experience. We also support teachers who are new to CFISD, new to the district, and we also support student teachers. And so since stepping into my role about eight years ago, I have definitely see, seen an evolution from way back when um, up until now. And so in the past, the program on average about 400 teachers and most of our processes have pretty much sustained over time. We've had to do a few tweaks here and there. But one thing that's remained consistent is that we have always solicited feedback. And so always we want to hear, you know, how we're doing, what's going on, the experiences of those that are involved in the induction program. And so we would uh, solicit a survey every year for those teachers to share just about their experiences and gather that information about their participation in the program. And from those survey responses, you could say that we were pretty good and new teachers seemingly felt like they were being supported. And so, you know, kind of went with that process for many, many years. And so fast forward to present, to current time, as, our as a department, we always like to work smarter and not harder. And so we're always looking for ways to do better and make better. And so we begin to have conversations about improving our program and what we can do to get better. And so in that time, our first charge was to basically move, move to a paperless process, I guess I should say. And so our mentors and mentees have always submitted their, their logs in paper format of their time spent. However, we wanted to move to an online process. And so we spoke to our provider at the time of our learning management system and moved those logs into their portal system. And so it was a good system, but we wanted it to be great. And with that portal system, it was a bit restrictive. It was, it, the mentors and mentees could log their information, but that was pretty much it. <laughs> and so on the flip side of that, the reporting feature of that system was not as robust as we would like. And so along with going paperless, we also wanted to do more with the data that we deemed from our logs. And so this is when we were introduced to KickUp's mentorship portal, and we expressed our needs and des desires to do something with the data. It was like we collected all this information, 
But then it was like, now what? You know, now what do we do with it? And so with KickUp and their services that they provided, we were able to dig a little bit deeper with our data and take action, take informed action. And so in order to move to do this, we moved um, from our old portal into the new portal. And I can definitely say it was the best decision ever. Now that we are using the portal, we're, we're able to aggregate that data and glean so much more rent, rich information based off of the uh, responses that we receive. And we're, we're able to better support our lead mentors, our mentors, and our teachers. And so in that, we're able to really zoom in, focus more on specific supports and to understand their true effectiveness. And so not to mention the hands-on support that we get from the success managers, it's amazing. And so you always feel like with that support, it, it, it kind of makes you want to do more. You know, you're like, okay, we're doing this, but what about this? You know, and this was a thought that we had, is this possible? So for future, if we want to talk about <laughs> what my what my vision is for the future, <laughs> yeah, I'd say our current our current program, like I said, it supports new teachers during their initial year. My hope and my goal is to provide support for teachers year two, year three, year four, and beyond. Because you know, research says you know a comprehensive induction program is most effective when they receive support for three to five years to improve teacher retention. So that's my ultimate goal. <laughs> so expanding the the supports that you give beyond that first year in the classroom or the first year in the district. And I, I wasn't aware that you have three different kind of cohorts of people that you are developing. You have new to the district, you have brand new teachers, and then you have student teachers. And I would imagine what those people walk into your buildings with in terms of background knowledge really, really differs. Um, yes, it does. <laughs> talk about how you how you even think about differentiating support for such different types of adult learners. Well, you know, like I said, based on that feedback, when we're looking at our surveys, we're it's like if there's something that stands out to us, we're always on a mission to try to figure out why. You know, we question everything, like why, why is this looking like this? Why is this, you know, why did we get this type of feedback compared to this type, you know, type of feedback? And so we are so ingrained in wanting to do better and just provide the best supports that we can. And so there is a lot of support. There are a lot of supports that we provide that I feel are pretty differentiated. But like I said, just getting that feedback and getting those responses gives us so much direction as to what we need to do next. Who knows? After after my research, there may be some things <laughs> that come about that we're not aware of, which is one reason why I wanted to do this. Because like I said, with our program on paper, it was like, oh, we're pretty good. You know, and we're checking off all the boxes and yes, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, but how do we know? You mm -hmm. know, like, how do we really, really know that we are a, an effective and comprehensive program? And so that is kind of where the study started, you know, where um, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper 
And so in that, I'm able to really focus on specific supports based off their perceptions and based off what they feel like they're being provided with. So, And have you found specific supports that teachers have found to be particularly high leverage for their practice and their their self-reflection? Yes. And so what I have found that they enjoy is teacher observations, like observing other classrooms. And so that can be a challenge for some of our campuses based on just with the nature of just coming out of a pandemic, having shortage of teachers for one, having shortage of substitutes. And so that becomes really, really unique in the, in its design as to how to schedule that and and what that can look like. And so during our last share session with our lead mentors, it was very interesting just to hear of the different ways that they're trying to maintain that, you know, and give our new teachers what they need because they like to see it in action. They like to see instruction in action, be able to observe and then come back and reflect and and talk about it. So um, that is one support that is hot commodity, I I would say. Definitely always the the usual classroom management. Um, I mean, you always need that, um, whether you're a new teacher or an experienced teacher, always need that. Also, some supports just getting them prepped for their observations that's attached to their appraisal system. That's another hot commodity, just like they don't know, you know, like, what is it that they're going to look for when they come into observe my classroom? And so those conversations have been very beneficial as well. So I would say that those pretty much for the top three that's ongoing right now, um, that's pretty consistent, <laughs> no matter where you are in the school year, those are the, the top three that really, really always come up in discussions. And observing another teacher. So that was the first one that you mentioned. And the the biggest challenge there is that it's hard to just be able to schedule, you know, Mm -hmm. be able to match up people's schedules, Mm -hmm. classroom, uh, you know, what their own prep periods are and when they can actually get into somebody else's class. Mm -hmm. All of the above. (laughs) All of the above. Makes sense. You mentioned earlier, we talked a little bit about, you know, what makes for an effective mentor, mentee Mm -hmm. match and some of the objective criteria, right? They have to be in the same or near each other, um, same grade level, same content area. What have you learned about the ways that a mentor can create a great working relationship with their mentee? What are some of the um, mindsets or or habits of a, of a great mentor? I would say that a good mentor is one who is visible every day, one who is available for their mentor, um, sorry, for their mentee whenever they need them, someone who offers suggestions because throughout the year, we structure our mentoring program around Ellen Morier's phases of first year teaching. And so depending on what phase you're in, for example, in the months of September, October, kind of like the disillusionment phase. And this is the phase where teachers are questioning, did I make the right decision? (laughs) What have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. And so it's, 
it's good that the mentor is aware of these phases and not just it, it's geared towards new teachers, but in all honesty, we all go through those phases at any given time throughout the year. And so just having that knowledge of what a men, what their mentor, what their mentee, excuse me, needs um, at the appropriate time that they need and what type of supports to provide for them um, during that time and how to support them emotionally. Because you know, a new teacher definitely needs that. And, and for them to um, understand that they're not alone, like this is really normal, although it doesn't seem normal to you, but we've all been there. And, and then also a mentor can anticipate what their mentees are going to need, you know, based off of these phases and, and what's coming up, you know, <laughs> so they know how to combat that and support them uh, when they start to feel whatever emotion that they're feeling at that time. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Sounds like presence and perspective, being able to help a teacher understand there, there is an entire book written on the phases of challenges that you will face as a new teacher in your first Absolutely. year. And you, you might be in the middle of it, but mm -hmm. I've been here before and exactly. it's going to be okay. And this is how we can support that. This is how we can um, combat that. That's how we can solve this issue or what have you. And then also the reflective piece, you know, always giving new teachers that, that time to reflect for sure, because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. So I know we've covered this, we've kind of talked about this topic in a few different angles, but in all of your years doing new teacher support and induction, what have you found, not necessarily that teachers want the most, but that has been the most effective lever for helping new teachers grow and ultimately stay in the classroom? I think the the one support is the mentoring piece. In all honesty, you know, we provide other supports, but that mentoring piece, I feel, has definitely held the most leverage with our teachers. Because like I said, having someone that you can just bounce ideas off of, just having someone there, just having, just knowing that there's a person that you can go to, to support you and, and, and guide you along the way even if it's just a listening ear, <laughs> you know, even if they're just having a day and they just need to vent or they just need someone to listen to them, just being there, just, yeah, that mentoring piece is, is, the, is a huge piece within our program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you step back and you think about the entire new teacher induction program and the mentoring aspect of it, how, how do you measure success? You know, so many of the, the indicators that often people care about are lagging there's you know student test scores or teacher retention or teacher performance those are often at the end of the year or often take several years to see an impact with how do you know that what you're doing is making an impact well as i mentioned before just looking at our survey you know we we really go from that now that we offer that survey three times a year we're able to get more and more response throughout the year, not just at the end of the year, like we used to. And so I, I measure the success uh, from that data, as well as just having conversations with our lead mentors to understand and respond to their needs as they lead their mentoring program 
on their respective campuses and support the new teachers and mentors. And so, yeah, that's how I measure the success at this time, just using those data pieces as well as just one-on-one -on -one conversations or whenever we have our shared sessions, just giving them time to share um, what concerns that they may have or just, just hearing what they're going through, just keeping my ear close to them as well as keeping my, my, my thumb, keeping that pulse, you know, just staying close to what's happening. Because mm -hmm. with me being here at the district, you know, I'm not per se attached to a specific campus, but just having those conversations with lead mentors, that's what's really helped. And then also just continuing to build our community, establish our community with them. And I think that having those conversations and just being a support to them has helped to maintain our our community of lead mentors as they are on every campus supporting their teachers. Right. You've got the quantitative data that you're looking at from teacher perception, and then you have this ongoing qualitative feedback loop that you're getting from from mm -hmm. your lead mentors which are kind of your eyes and ears yeah on all the on all, in in all the buildings sounds like yeah yeah pretty i mean i have had some really good uh relationships with my lead mentors and so i'm readily available to them they're able to contact me at any time and so i think that that just establishing that relationship and just being that great support that they need. I think that has really been helpful. And then they're able to take things uh, back to their campuses and implement it into their own campus programs. And so that's, I think that that's, that's really, really what has helped us sustain over all this, over all these years, as well as have a pretty good induction program. <laughs> it, it's, before. Yeah, it sounds top notch. And, you know, I think you probably operate and lead one of the largest induction programs in the country. Cypress Fairbanks is one of the largest districts in Texas. Yes. How many, how many total new teachers do you, do you support every year? Yeah. So back in the day, when we first started, we would support about 400 and we have since grown doubled really. Yeah, I would say anywhere it's nearly doubled. Yeah, I would say anywhere between eight hundred to a thousand teachers that we bring on each and every year. Yeah, that's so, that's more teachers than some districts, many yeah. districts bring on in an entire year. Yeah, yeah. So we have to stay abreast and stay aware and and be in the know and stay relevant and knowing what exactly our new teachers need um, in order to support them properly and give them what they need and when they need it. So when you're overseeing that that large of an operation, what is what is a day or a week in the life uh, of Tanya Dixon look like? Okay, so new teacher induction program is just one of my essential functions. <laughs> so busy woman here, yeah. <laughs> but with new teacher induction, it's something that I I'm working on something each and every every week, um, if not every day, because I may get a lead mentor to reach out to me or even a new teacher or whomever who's affiliated with induction program. They may need some support. And so I'm, I'm drop everything and give them what they need. This is one of, this is probably my favorite essential function that I get to do. I, I won't get, tell anyone. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> no, she knows that that's exactly why she knows. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're all over induction. 
And so I truly enjoy it. I love it. And like I said, it is, it is a passion of mine. And so I just remember when, you know, I first entered and then I just, I love new teacher induction. I do. I love helping and supporting our new teachers coming into the profession as well as coming into our district. Like they always call me the cheerleader because <laughs> I'm always that, that happy face and, and just greeting everyone and you know, I, I just want to give them what they need. I do. I just want to help them and just give them what they need. And then to improve their practices and improve their efficacy all along the way and just grow. Just grow. Growing them is what I like to do and what I like to see. Yeah. Your passion comes across clearly and I'm sure it, it um, you know, trickles into the work of lead mentors and then the work of the mentors and the principals and the teachers, um, just having that, that positivity um, during a time of, of a teacher's career that can be, can be so easy to get washed up in a lot of the challenges and, yes. uh, you know, inevitable issues you will face as a new teacher. So your leadership, I'm sure, um, has a big impact on the success of the, the overall induction program. And one of the things that we really want to do here at KickUp and at the best of us is to highlight practitioners in the field, and then ultimately offer you as a, you know, as a resource to other professional learning leaders and people that are um, leading new t teacher induction programs. So how can others get in contact with you? Do you have a Twitter or email address? What would be the best way for people to reach out? Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have, they're welcome to reach me through my email address um, at tanya.dixon at cfisd.net. Yeah, or you can reach out to me on Twitter as well. What's my Twitter handle? <laughs> I believe it's Tanya Dixon 0221. And so, yeah, um, any any of those ways, feel free to contact me anytime. I am always uh, excited to support others or just bounce off ideas. I also learn from others. And so I'd like to hear how other programs are running within their districts and I just always would like to be a support to others. And so we can learn together. That's great. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing what you've learned and for all of the service and support that you give to new teachers. Thank you for everything that you do. So hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It was awesome spending some time with you today. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Best of Us. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the KickUp PLC at kickup.co slash PLC, where you'll find all the episodes of our podcast and other resources to help educators maximize the impact of their professional learning program.